Welcome to Nittany Nation Overtime. Hello, hello, and welcome to this week's edition of Nittany Nation Overtime. Thank you so much for tuning in. I'm Anderley Panwell, joined as always with Mark Brennan and Neil Riddell, and this week's special guest, former quarterback Chuck Pusina. Guys, how are we doing today? Great. Really great to see Chuck here. It's been a long time. Uh, we've been fortunate to have just, a, you know, some regular guest nitwits, but uh, for Chuck to make his first appearance, Chuck was really the first uh, great passer of the Paterno era. He was the all-time leading um, yardage leader by a couple thousand uh, when he graduated, took the team to the national championship game in 78. Just a really good, uh, especially two-year era there. So Chuck, it's great to have you. Thanks, Neil. It's, it's part, great to be here. Yeah, part of my beloved Philadelphia Stars back in the that's day, right. too. I love it. <laughs> All right, well, hopefully these two will behave. Sometimes that's questionable at best. Yeah. So, of course, we're talking about the 44-31 loss to Ohio State on Saturday. Now, this loss was to a number two team, so Overall, when you put up 31 points against them, is this an encouraging loss or a discouraging loss? Of course, all losses are bad, but. No, go ahead, Neil. Well, I mean, <laughs> it was encouraging till nine minutes were left to go in the game. I mean, you know, in some ways, I think it was uh, just kind of a squandered defensive effort because the defense played so well, especially with the offensive turnovers early in the game. And, you know, to have limited that offense mm -hmm. to one touchdown in 51 minutes, I thought was just a terrific job. And it's a shame uh, that they couldn't uh, finish the deal. Yeah, I th once again, what did we learn? We learned that Penn State was right there athletically, talent-wise, size-wise, speed-wise. <laughs> and at the end of these games with Ohio State, they just can't figure out the way to do it. You know, and that, that to me is on coaching, and that's on the players. You can't have a veteran player uh, doing what Sean Clifford did in that game. So the encouraging part, you're there with the best team in the Big Ten. I get that Michigan won the Big Ten last year, but everybody knows best the measuring program. stick. Yeah, the measuring stick is Ohio State. But you can't get over that hump. And in, until you do, you're not going to be that program that competes for the Big Ten title and, and the national title. Chuck, your takeaway, discouraging or encouraging loss? Well, I think the encouraging part was how the game started. And it was just awful. Things just weren't mm -hmm. happening right for them. But they seemed to come back, never gave up, came back strong in the second quarter. And in the third quarter, played well. But, of course, the discouraging thing is he didn't finish. And uh, to get to the level in the yardstick where they want to get to, you have to finish games, and you have to get a few wins in against the big guys. Yeah, James now 1-8 and eight against Ohio State and, and uh, lost 11 straight against the top 10. So these are marks that um, you know, I'm sure he's eager to erase, and he won't get another chance uh, probably to a bowl game maybe. Uh, but, you know, I would take a little exception to that. I, I thought they coached a pretty good game. I like the play you know, I thought In on, the game, yeah, sure. Well, in, in, on both sides of the ball, I think uh, both coordinators, I think, did – really well. James talks about the little details and the key play in the football game to me was was the stra the sack fumble at mm -hmm. you know and they didn't have anybody had the offensive tackle that was one on one with who appeared to be Chase Young yesterday. <laughs> right. uh, so it, that just didn't work. Yeah, I don't I don't disagree with you Neil. I guess what I'm getting at is you know, I don't have an issue with the Xs and Os. I don't have an issue with the that the prep for that particular game. But if you look at Ohio State, they had no turnovers. Right. And you look at Penn State, four turnovers did not force any turnovers. That's, that's the players 
But that's overall preparation for the season. I mean, Penn State had multiple turnovers against Northwestern. So that when I get into coaching, it's not the X's and O's. It's just the overall. If you look at those two teams, I think Ohio State was the better coach team overall for the season. Okay. Well, I well, mean, uh, I'll accept that. I think Penn State, I think it gets a little deeper with recruitment, though, too. Mm -hmm. uh, you didn't have an, an edge rusher that's making Stroud uncomfortable and you know, your offensive tackles were kind of eaten in key situations. Sometimes we've come away with their losses and say, why'd they run this play? How could they fake that field right. goal? I didn't see that yesterday. Was I just saw some of the players that didn't make plays. Uh, I don't think it's Yersich's fault that Clifford throws that interception early. Right, but I think overall, if, if you look at the coaching on the season, the teams that make the fewer mistakes are the more well-coached teams. And with respect to the offensive line, you know, I give Bryce Efner a little bit of a pass because he was forced in there because Caden Wallace was hurt. Landon Tangwell's banged up. I mean, I thought their offensive line played really well for most of the game yeah. until it didn't play well, obviously. And that, that guy for, for Ohio State was just a pure beast. Neil, you and Mark, you mentioned it. It was fine until it wasn't. Meltdown in the fourth quarter. Just a quick deep dive into what happens, Chuck, when things begin to unravel there. I mean, they're in the game. Uh, it's a 30 to 24 game with five minutes to go. I've played the game a long time. I've watched the game a long time. It's it's a weird situation. You just can't just finger point and say this is the reason. That's the reason it happens. One thing I think we should really talk about it. That kid that plays quarterback for Ohio State. Stratton. He's awfully good. Um, and for what Penn State's defense did against him for three quarters, I thought was really, we were talking about encouraging. It was really encouraging what that defense did. And let's talk about how young that team is too. So I think Penn State right now has to think about their, what is their goal for the rest of the season? What, what do they want to accomplish? Because now their goal of winning the Big Ten is out the window, which is okay. So what do we do now? So I think that's the decisions we're going to have to see. And the offensive side of the ball, what do you think those goals could be? Well, we're going to probably talk about the quarterbacks and everything like that, but that's one decision you have to make. You have to look into it. And how, do you either want to put someone new in or do you want to work them in, uh, you know, slowly throughout the rest of the four games of the season? That's a determination that Coach Franklin's going to have to make, and uh, it's going to be him and him alone on that. You talked about mentioning quarterbacks. We will get to that, I promise, a little bit later. We're going to take a quick break right now, but when we come back, more of the personnel, some of the defense that stood out against yesterday's loss to Ohio State. Don't go anywhere. Let's take a look around the Big Ten. Rutgers falls shut out, actually, against Minnesota. Illinois continues to dominate, beating Nebraska 26-9. Northwestern falls at Iowa. And in Michigan, Michigan State falls on the road at the Big House. Some interesting kerfuffles with that one as well. As we're yeah, saying, James yeah. Franklin might be vindicated for some comments. Harbaugh might have to walk some stuff yeah, back. Yeah, they had a brawl in the tunnel. Peanut uh, butter and jelly yeah. sandwiches getting thrown around again. You so, know, yeah. one game after <laughs> uh, they previously had it that James predicted that. <laughs> That's what happens when you have one tunnel, in my opinion. So more about Penn State's loss yesterday. We can go into the defense. Now, Nittany Nation game day, I said it's kind of actually more of an NBA take. When some of the coaches will talk about players like LeBron, like Steph, you know they're going to get 30 points. The issue is making sure they don't get 50. And I thought that was kind of what the defense needed to do yesterday. And I think for a while, that's what they did. They limited the whole bend, don't break, and then they broke in the fourth quarter. 
What part of the first three quarters of defense stood out in a particularly strong way to hold one of the best offensive teams in the country to so few points? Well, I thought they defended the perimeter real well, uh, pursuit run support. They did not let Ohio State until the very end beat them with the big running plays. Um, yeah, Stroud is so comfortable back there, and he's not a real scrambler. I mean, no. he's a guy that's just really, really accurate. So I thought they shut down the run, and on their own offense, going for the fourth downs kind of kept Ohio State off the field, so that kind of helped your defense. I thought Chuck made a good point earlier. Penn State made some serious mistakes offensively early in this game, and the defense rose to mm -hmm. the challenge. I mean, if you tell me that, that Clifford's going to have two picks, in the first half, I think Penn State's going to be first down quarter. by 20 by 20 points. Yeah. And credit to the defense for not allowing that to happen. Uh, so they did a, 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 a magnificent job. And you know the thing about Stroud is he's not he's not mobile, but his pocket awareness, Chuck. Right? I mean, it's just like guys were around him, and that, that's so unique to see at this level. That like he kind of knew where everybody was except for two plays. He seems to have it all. He, he, yeah. he has the size, he, you know he has the smarts and the accuracy, and he, he's gonna be a one or number two pick. You can yeah. just see it, I mean, and they have a couple receivers are gonna be playing on Sundays too. <laughs> yeah, one whose dad played on Sundays for a <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, it's just a very talented team, but they're gonna be gone, and this is what we were talking about. What are the goals now for the future? So hopefully that's gonna be what's gonna be happening in a few years down the road. Going back to what Mark said about the defense really bailing, Sean Clifford out in that first quarter. When you're on the sideline and you come off and you see the defense bailing you out, what's the dynamic like on the sideline amongst the offense and defense in those moments? I've never thrown an interception. I don't know how <laughs> <laughs> um, it's, it's, it's a great feeling. You know, football is the ultimate team game. Mm -hmm. it, it, it really is. You really depend on each other. And uh, when a defense can come through, especially at the quarterback position where it's easy to get down, but you have to you know, keep going, keep motivated. You have to be in a leadership role. And uh, I think that's the way uh, Clifford came back. You know, he came back strong in that second quarter. They had some nice things happening for them. Um, and unfortunately, as we know how it uh, unraveled, but um, it's, it's a hard feeling, let me tell you. It's, it's tough to put your team in that position. Harrison caught uh, 12 balls. Mm -hmm. um, I was surprised that Joey Porter wasn't matched up with him more one man to man, uh, you know. Just in, in watching the game again, uh, there was only a couple times that Harrison caught the ball that Porter uh, had him, and he talked about that afterwards. I just thought you, James talks about good on good. Mm -hmm. uh, they needed somebody to be able to take take him at least neutralize him a little bit. Yeah, and that secondary, which has played well all year, only had two pass breakups. And when a team throws that many passes you would imagine that you're going to get more than that. And then, you know, again, no turnovers. I mean, they've really been able to hang their hat on turnovers for most of this season, and to not get one in a game of that magnitude w w was big. And another, some other personnel that stood out to me, at Parker Washington, career game, of course. Some of those catches, I mean, I was watching them frame by frame, just sticky, sticky fingers there. He was what, 11 catches for 179 yards and a touchdown. Bit of a late breakout. Early in the season, he was quiet. Why do you think that was? Well, he got him back in the game. I mean, Ohio State uh, had two guys there to, to tackle him, and he broke through and scored to make it 10-7. Because up until that point, Penn State had not done much. Yeah, the cool thing about Parker Washington in 2020, Penn State lost Julian Fleming, a Pennsylvania kid, to Ohio State, and everybody was up in arms. 
And little did people know that, that they also brought in, they, Penn State got Parker Washington that year, and you look at the performances of these two kids over their careers, wow. They really needed this effort from him, and it was nice to see him step up. Just like we saw Theo Johnson step up the previous week and, and, and in this game at tight end. You have these great weapons. It's good to see them use them. If you're Sean Clifford thrown to those guys, what makes you know the tight ends and Parker special in yesterday's game? Well, I think one of the things that helped a lot is they got behind, and so they knew that they had a score. I think some people were putting the offense down a little bit for not kicking field goals and everything, but I think in the back of the coaches' minds, they knew they had to get touchdowns. Yeah. Field goals yeah. weren't going to be enough. Uh, when you have a kid like we were talking about, the high State quarterback, Stroud, who's you know lethal. Anytime they could score touchdowns, so they had to get the ball to the receivers. They had to use the tight ends. I was surprised to see the tight ends wide out so many times like that. I'm not sure. Uh, uh, if, to me, I'm not sure if you want more speed out there to open things up a little bit more. But that's that's the philosophy, and they have good tight ends. So it was it was a good day on that end. He threw a great pass to Warren to extend mm -hmm. that drive that they ended up taking the lead on a touchdown. Uh, that was a fourth and one. Um, I, I didn't, wasn't crazy about the wheel route that they tried to uh, Catron Allen before that they lined up to take that field goal. Um, but hey, you know, you can nitpick, uh, you know, here and there. I kind of thought they should have taken the field goal earlier because it was settling into a defensive game, but it, that became moot. You're right. Um, but, but also, hey, what about Catron Allen? I mean, gets his first start. Yeah. He gets that handoff at the one, you know, in the backfield when they're at the one foot yard, one foot line, one foot yard line. Yeah, one <laughs> foot line. And uh, he should have been dumped. Yeah. And he made a great move, get, got in the end zone and gave Penn State the lead. So his feel in tight spaces is just really, really cool to see. And it, it, it really helped him out in that game. I yesterday. think it's kind of like Stroud in a very different way. Just an interesting feel presence, and flow. Yep. Presence is yep, good word for that one. We have to take a quick break. We'll break down more of the whole quarterback situation when we return. Of course, we are talking about Penn State's loss to number two, Ohio State. Sean Clifford went 32 for 47 for 371 yards, three touchdowns, of course, three interceptions. In this game, he passed his Trace McSorley in career touchdown passes. So I think this is definitely the epitome of the Sean Clifford experience in this game. You break those records, but there's those three interceptions. But there's also three touchdowns. So he's a bit of an enigma. You know, I felt bad for him afterwards. He came out. You could tell he really took yeah. it hard. He did. He was professional about he it. He is. I think he's a very yeah, professional but, individual. Yeah, um, but, you know, he hadn't been able to get over the hump uh, in these games. Especially so. being an Ohio kid, too. Yeah. Chuck, what have you been doing uh, since all for, for the last 40 years? I know you played for the Stars. <laughs> 40 years, <laughs> man, Neil. Well, that's, since that's, we went to school. <laughs> Chuck and I went to school together. At, uh, we did. I, know, got, I yeah. got Neil through school. Um, <laughs> Somebody had to. <laughs> um, well, I've been very lucky. Um, uh, I, I got to play. Uh, uh, I got drafted. I went to Tampa, played there for about three years. Then, fortunately for me, the USFL popped up. I had uh, three great years in Philadelphia. Then after that, I went back to Green Bay uh, for another year and uh, really enjoyed my time. Never thought I'd play as long as I did, so it was, it was great. And then I, um, after that, I went to graduate school while I was in Philly and uh, got an MBA and went into sales for a while and uh, met up with a guy and uh, we formed a partnership and uh, we went down to Georgia and, and bought a baseball company. And um, we uh, manufactured baseballs overseas and uh, softballs and had a nice little company in Pittsburgh for about 20 years and uh, recently uh, sold it and I'm retired. 
Congratulations. Congratulations. Yes, yes. Are you playing pickleball with Neil in your retirement? I am playing pickleball, but my knees kind of feel a little, <laughs> little sore after these things. So I can't play daily. Well, let me know it's every that. other day. Yeah, it's the greatest. Yeah, yeah I love it. It's game. a lot of fun. My well, parents are with those, you are, that one, yeah. those are those are softballs. How would you handle the uh, Aller situation <laughs> <Nice>. as we uh, <laughs> fantastic as we transition move, there, move, uh, move forward here? Well, I can only relate a little bit to m my situation when I was uh, playing. I, as a freshman, got to play a little bit. Uh, Coach Paterno would put me in at games, and and the last game of the season against Pitt actually trusted me enough to play a, 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 the whole second half against a great team, and it which really helped my confidence and help me get ready for the for the next year so I think you might see that I'm not sure if he'll be starting um, which you might see that too I don't know what it's in his mind but I think it all depends as we talked before where are the goals what is your goal for the rest of this year and if the goal is to you know of course win, you want to win games and have a great uh, team on the field but I look at that roster and I see two or three seniors only on the depth chart I got to think that they're going to be thinking, oh, let's get through this year as well as we can do as well. But hey, look at, look at your next, look at your junior years, look at these guys' senior years who are, who are playing right now. And I think that's the way it might be going. In the limited times we've seen Allert, what stuck out to you about his play? Well, it's hard. I, I, I'm not at the practices. I, I think a lot of this, from what I'm hearing, are some really good things on what he does on the practice field, which is He's going against good, you know, Penn State has great players at a lot of positions, just like Ohio State and mm -hmm. the Michigans. So, again, in practice, he's going against the first-team defense all the time. And from what I hear, he looks awfully good. And you see him on the field. He's a physical specimen. I mean, his arms look like a linebacker. I mean, he's a big kid. You know, he throws the ball. It just comes out of his hands so nice. But I still think it's still time to tell. I, I play with a lot of guys that were tremendous physical specimens, but you know what? You'd find a, a guy that wasn't so you know, gifted, but he loved to play the game. He could play the game. He, did, he didn't rattle from 100,000 people in front of him, but I think we'll find that out. Well, we you and I called for him to play <laughs> against Minnesota. Which he should have. start the game I mean, and that, if, if, you were gonna go, if you were going to make the change, you had to make it before Minnesota, so you have the kid for Ohio State. Mm -hmm. Well, I didn't think he necessarily gave you the best chance to win against Ohio State, but I would have played him against Minnesota. Now what is the plan? Uh, would it be better to go 10-2 and two with, the, with Clifford, or do you risk going 9-3 and three and, and transitioning him in? I don't necessarily think he's going to start, is, but to me, he has to What play. does it matter at this point? Because you're not going to be where you want it to be. And they're going to, if Clifford plays the last four games, they're going to win the last four games. I mean, I, I don't think there's any question mm -hmm. about it. Uh, so they have a tough decision to make. Speaking of future games, when we come back, we'll go over our picks for Indiana and our nitwit of the week. Don't go anywhere. Our final block of the week, Neil is our nitwit of the week for his pick against Ohio State, bringing my four-game winning streak yeah. to an end. So I'm looking forward to Indiana. Neil, you get to go first. What's the score on this one? Yeah, I'm going to say uh, 36 to 16. All right. God, yeah, after all your state. stole mine. I was going to go 35-17, and I'm not well, good enough to do math on the fly. On yeah, after, to do all, math uh, after all of Neil's crying last, last week about me squeezing him, he won. <laughs> Uh, I'm going to go with, a, with a, a, a big margin. I think I'll go 35 to 10. I think Penn State bounces back, plays really well. I like so much of what I saw in that Ohio State game that I think projects well for the future. What about you, Chuck? Well, I'm going to go Penn State also. I'll go 31-7.
All right, on the bat now, we got it. ran out of time here. Thank you so much for tuning in. We'll see you back here. I said I'm with 3517. Oh, okay. We, we had the same thought here, Neil. All right, see you later, everyone. Have a good one.